Alrighty, um, two, two one two, sir. Two two two, two one two. Two one two. Okay, it's two for two one two. Good everybody, welcome to episode two hundred and twelve of Not the Footy Show. Warwick Nicholson, your host, and there's another host who has the most, and uh, is currently into his fourth coffee of the day. He exclusively revealed that. Staff writers have revealed that. Everybody's revealed that. Mr. Rob Cox, are you bouncing off the walls in Camden, sir? Bouncing off the walls for the last 10 weeks here, was I, in ISO. <laughs> Haven't left the house for 10 weeks. Actually, I have left the house for t- uh, in 10 weeks a couple of times. Do you know that this week was, I got a little love letter mm-hmm. from uh, Services New South Wales for operating a mobile phone whilst operating a vehicle. Oh, dear. Yeah. yeah, the most interesting thing about it is is that I actually wasn't operating a mobile phone. The mobile phone was on my lap, upside down, okay. facing yep. down after it had just landed on the floor. So yes. I appealed like all good citizens do and appealed to yes. their, you know, I've been driving for 30 years and blah, 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 blah. It came back about nine hours later and said, tough titties, mate, pay up. <laughs> so, How much did that set you back? $344 and five points. Do we, do we set up a GoFundMe page for you, Cox? No, Is not, that what we not need necessary. To do? You know, if I could make up a GoFundMe page to to uh, douse my anger with that one, yes. um, it's not so much the I, I now know why we haven't spoken for about two weeks. Mm. It makes sense. I've been angry for uh, two weeks. You've been angry for two <laughs> weeks. Uh, quite, actually, I thought about the other day with the new relaxations of some of the rules around mm. things. I was thinking, you know, technically, we could do a podcast in the flesh. Absolutely. Right now. Yep. And I actually thought about driving out today. Well, next time, I went, next time I haven't done that. I'll make it. Well, you could always drive to my place. Yeah, but I can't but, make a roast pork at your place. I can make one here. True. Yeah. So he's bringing in information from the from the outside. I don't know an oven. Everybody, uh, life is fantastic. I'm doing really well. Uh, <laughs> this is episode two one two. Uh, you've just got some life story there from the two of us. Uh, there are some other life stories going around rugby league right now. Uh, we are the founding members of the John Bateman Appreciation Society, Cogsmith. Yes. Uh, back on April 1st, uh, 2019, he only played about two games of footy and we were all over it. Yep. It went really big on uh, YouTube, actually, over a thousand views. People agreed. Hmm. And uh, we will get to it after the break. But essentially, Johnny Bateman has, has come to understand, I think, in the last 48 hours or so, that um, you, can, you can't choose your family, but you can definitely choose your management. Uh, and it's sort of put him in an interesting situation as we enter into round three, which is, I guess, round one of the launch of the HMAS PVL NRL. That's what I'm calling it. It's the brand new world. Uh, it looks very much like the Titanic, and that didn't go very well halfway through its voyage. So hopefully the uh, the PVL NRL goes a little bit longer. We'll be back to talk about uh, the new draw, the six agains, the uh, TV schedule, all the rest of it uh, here on episode 212 of Not The Footy Show. Not The Footy Show. So the founding member of the John Bateman Appreciation Club was Ricky Stewart, one uh, Rick, Rick Richard Stewart. Yes, it was. It uh, was. Then was yourself and then me. Yes. And now I think John Bateman has actually joined, joined the club himself. Uh, he's he's uh, one of his own biggest fans. Um, yes. Yes, I think he is. It's, uh, it's been interesting to talk about that. I'm worth more money. 
Give me some. Uh, of course he is. All right, let's get into it. Okay, it's episode 212, not the footy show. Warwick on Rob Cox. Finally catching up after a couple of weeks uh, not discussing um, the fine that young Cocksmith got from the government. At least it wasn't from um, get, riding your motorbike on the north coast of New South Wales when you were supposed to not be, mate. That's, mm. that's, that's one upside. Yep. Although yep. I think that might have been challenged more successfully than yours. Um, yeah. Let's get into Johnny Bateman. Uh, in the last 48 hours or 24 hours, uh, a story broke. Well, let's go back a little bit further. Grand final week and interest in rugby league from a Canberra perspective, from a rugby league fan's perspective, was pretty high because the Raiders were riding a crest of a wave. They're going to their first grand final in a long, long time. And a story got broken that John Bateman was after a contract upgrade. Mm. Not even one year into a three-year deal that also included a big sign uh, transfer fee that the Raiders paid Wigan. Yep. And everyone sort of looked at it and went, what's, what? What? what, what? Mm. And then we worked out that he'd actually changed managers. Uh, who did he go with, Coxman? I've no idea, mate. I couldn't tell you the uh, the details on that, but I reckon you might have it written on a little. <laughs> Isaac Moses is the one that uh, mm. he went with. He, he transferred from, I think, a UK based agent, mm-hmm. which is fine. It's totally his decision and all the rest of it. But it came out at a time of the week that you kind of went, hmm, that sounds ominously like a agent placed uh, piece of information. And as it turned out, it kind of got blown over. The, the excitement of the grand final came and went. and Canberra obviously played pretty well in that grand final, but weren't good enough to beat the Roosters. Mm. Then Bateman's had a reconstruction of his shoulder that apparently he was playing with towards the end of last year. And then in the last 24 hours, James Hooper has opened back up that can of worms and claimed that the Canberra Raiders rejected John Bateman's request to be released four times across the offseason. That's a lot of times, Cocksmith. That seems at least three or four, three times more than Ryan Madison had at the Tigers, who ultimately got released. Mm. Then uh, Johnny Bateman got on Twitter and uh, he was pretty forthright in his uh, slapdown of James Hooper. Mm. Um, I do have the tweet here. Forgive me as I, as I polish it up, shall we say. Uh, John Bateman on Twitter says, you better stick to polishing that bald head, big fella, because you're something at being a journo. Never once have I asked for a release. Uh, beep story, hashtag fake news. Mm. Uh, now, you know that I'm a big fan of the staff writers at Fox League, mate. Uh, what they're really good at is taking a tweet and turning it into a story. Yep. This did not become a story. They had their story up there from James Hooper for the next 12 hours that this had been happened and they were sticking by James Hooper. But the story that Bateman had put up there didn't make Fox Sports app. I was, I was stunned. I, I was like, surely this is one of those first things that would go up. Then James Hooper, who clearly would have been stinging from this. Yep. Um, rang up Donnie Ferner, the CEO of the Raiders, and has led with this story. Canberra boss Don Ferner has confirmed the Raiders have given England back rower John Bateman permission to test his value on the open market. Now, the difference, Cocksmith, in this is interesting because they're asking for a release four times and actually having permission to negotiate with other clubs is different. Yep. Fair? Yep. The comment made by Bateman isn't technically incorrect. He's yep. saying he didn't ask for a release. Yep. Yet, um, we now have John Bateman back on Twitter 24 hours later saying this, and I'm going to quote it again. Starts off with a kissing emoji. Hey, guys, just let you know. It's all, it's all good. He said, like I said yesterday, I never once have, asked, have I asked for a release, neither has my management. Canberra gave me permission to talk to other clubs months ago. 
because they're tight in the cap next year and have nothing for me from 2022 onwards. I have a renegotiation clause in my deal for every year. That's why we are working through it. I love the Raiders and want to be here. So settle yourselves down and let's talk about the season starting back up. Yep. Now, I've given you plenty of information there. Where do you sit right now in regards to your immediate reaction to this? Are you surprised? Are you shocked? Are you like, eh, well, it's what it is. It's Ryan Madison all over again. Where do you, based on what you think you can say, what, where, are you, where are you sitting right now? Talk to me. Okay, well, the way I see it, <clears throat> with the new management team that it's come in, they haven't made any money out of John Bateman yet. And they're not likely mm-hmm. to because they didn't sign him up to the $580,000 that he's on at the moment at the Raiders. His former management did, mm-hmm. who will continue to receive 6% of that unless there's a contract upgrade. So, I mean, the cynic in me says that maybe Isaac Moses and co., um, are agitating for a new contract with with whoever. It doesn't matter yep. who it's with because until they get another contract or an updated contract, they can make zero money out of him. And that's actually the best part about the Hooper article that followed it up, but I'm going to hold that little nugget. Well, I, haven't read there, it. I, I haven't read it. But so Exactly, but I'll, I'll let you know that information soon. Yep. So I don't know. I, look, I, I think the players sometimes get caught in the middle of this and, and rightly or wrongly are pawns in a game of making money. Um, mm-hmm. Now, John Bateman is a very good player. You know that, uh, you know, I was the uh, second or third person to join the, the Appreciation Society. And uh, uh, I'd like to think that he could make the most money that he possibly could. But yep. my problem with John Bateman is that he's not, I, I think in that Canberra team, he's worth every cent of the 580. Great. But I don't know if in another team, he would be worth as much because he's very much an ad-lib style player. He plays off the cuff quite a lot. As, good, as well as he does do it. They don't play with a, 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 you know, a severe amount of structure at the Raiders. Yep. So I'm not sure that he would be worth that much to another club. Okay, but, but I mean, look, Hooper, Hooper may have worded it wrong in, in when he said, ask for a release. Four or, times. Or I mean, that, may, was the, that was he, the key here. Or he may not have worded it wrong. I mean, four times mm. is four times. And if Don Ferner is saying four times, then it's four times. But now, Don Ferner said that he gave him permission to negotiate, okay. negotiate with other clubs. Right. It's not to test his value on the market. Not that he didn't. Not that he uh, didn't. That he, that he knocked him back four times. He's okay. not saying that. But but uh, look, where there was smoke, uh, obviously Pooper mm. had. You know, he might have had the details a little bit wrong, but he had the story fairly right. Meaning either either Bateman wanted to negotiate again or he wanted out. Because if he's mm-hmm. testing his, his, you know, his worth on the market, what that tells me is that either he's going to, you know, let's just say for argument's sake, another club says to him, we'll give you 700 a year. The first thing he does is he goes back to the Raiders and says, look, look, I've been offered 700 a year from the other club. Uh, what are you going to do about it? And the Raiders yep. might say, look, we simply don't have it, mate. We can give you 30 grand a year more and that's it. And you know what? I don't know, but uh, my opinion is is that maybe his manager would go, yep, cool, grab that 610, and now we'll take 6% of that. Of that, yep. So whether the Raiders have got room in the cap from 2022 onwards or not... That's look, the nugget in here. That's look, the nugget in here. Look, they've got room for whoever they want. Correct. Uh, so you don't need to worry about them not having room for John Bateman. They'll either have room for him or they won't, and that'll be, uh, that'll be their... That'll be their choice, um, for, you know, after 2022. So, look, I, I don't know, mate. I think it's... Ajerno got a whiff of a story. The player calls BS on the story. 
but not necessarily the framing of the story is what he's called. That's the, the, that's the interesting part. He, the detail. He, he's called out the, the way it's been framed. Yeah. Didn't like that, that yeah. he was the one that's asked for this. Yeah. But they're clear. They're clear. They clearly want to renegotiate something because of hmm. something. And okay. They want to renegotiate the contract because either he wants a lot more money and, and, Maybe the managers are saying to to him, uh, "You're worth heaps more, mate. I'll get you seven fifty to another club." You know, so that uh, that that you know gets the ship rocking a little bit, and then next thing you know, the player thinks, "Oh well, I can make nearly two hundred grand a year elsewhere. Uh, why wouldn't I?" Um, mm. But I think when the dust settles, uh, if he's still in Ricky's good books and not on his SH one T list. I think you will find that John Bateman will stay at the Raiders for as long as Ricky wants him there. You know, mm. That's what I think the wash-up will be. I don't disagree with the, the way you evaluated that. You have got a couple of things that um, certainly s- stick out to me, and that is the question you made about how much is he worth in the open market. Well, he's worth as much as last year made him worth. Because let's be honest, not everybody was convinced that Canberra made the right decision. A, paying a transfer fee that's reportedly like $200,000 or pounds, which is there's a difference in that. Mm. Uh, they'd also sign him to big money for an unproven player in the world. And he'd been good at test level, but he, he wasn't... Like, when he came over, he thought... I'd seen a bit of him, and I thought, they're the player here for sure. But I didn't think he was as good as what he turned out to be. Yeah. yeah. And this is where I find the, the Ryan Madison example as is, is the one that's the best to look at, is that Madison turned six months of good football into massive money at power after he effectively got told that the Roosters, we haven't got a spot for you. Yeah. Okay. That's how quickly that turned around. At least uh, Bateman was an established international uh, in the prime of his career sure. and, and coming out to test himself. And that's all. And that's why I think Canberra fans gravitate towards him. Like, mate, you're, you're leaving some good money overseas to come and have a go here. Yeah. And the frustration I have as a league supporter slash Canberra fan is that you signed a three year contract, mate. <laughs> like, in the sense that, and you got really good. Like, it's not like he's on two hundred thousand dollars, and even then, I'd still struggle to it's feel sorry for him. Feed, mate. Five hundred eighty thousand no. dollars, oh, whatever it, it is, but is almost one point eight million dollars over three. But, but that's the thing. It's like, so okay, that's not enough for you. And if your management are telling you, you can get more money, that's great. But this is where I, I, I the, the stick gets in my craw, whatever how the saying is. You've hit the nail on the head in regards to the new management. We can get you more money, thus we can get money. Get that. But Bateman came out last night and absolutely floored Hooper with a combination right, left, boom, boom. He's on the floor. Fans loved it. I loved it as a footy fan. I just I went, it's lovely it to, to hear. <laughs> I was, I loved the fact. Well, everyone used it pretty yeah. much. That's the way media is going now. Yeah. Um, again, still didn't appear on the Fox Sports app. But what really hit me about it was, mate. At least it's a refreshing take. I mean, I wasn't naive enough to think for a second that maybe this isn't. It's, I'm not saying that it's not all true. But the way you've come out and basically said what you've said and the way you framed it, I'm not agreeing with. I was happy with that. I was thinking that's good. Yeah. Then within the next 24 hours, he's had to backtrack. And the bit that this is the bit that sticks in my craw. I think it's the way I was saying it. This is the this is the line. Canberra gave you permission to talk to other clubs months ago because they're tight in the cap next year and have nothing for me from 2022 onwards. Is that necessary? I don't mind if he just said Canberra gave you permission to talk to other clubs. That's fine if you just said that. But where that extra bit of information comes in, it's like the translation from my end is if you don't upgrade me now, yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave. In 2022. Yeah, I won't be here. That's that's the translation. And and 
John Bateman, who has been a breath of fresh air on social and he clearly just loves what he does, mm. currently has a busted shoulder. Mm. He's apparently not going to be ready for round three. He is one injury from maybe being Cactus. Yep. And Canberra fans love him. And where he stepped in it, I think, here is, and he's got every right to step if he wants to. That's, that's, I'm not saying he shouldn't have said anything. But I'm saying there's a certain level of responsibility that now is on his shoulders, which is, if you want to fight fire with fire, well, you're going to get burnt. Yeah. And that's what's happened is that people are going to look at this and say, well, you just want more money, which is fine. But he can't play the card he played last night on Hooper. Yeah. And then that's the bit that's, that I struggle with. You're going to cop it, mate. And that's your prerogative. If you want more money, that's great. But you can't, you can't tiptoe around it now. You've gone, mm. you've gone in feet first. And whatever you cop from here is what you're going to cop. I've got an issue with with just something that you just said there. And you, you and mm-hmm. I see eye to eye on 99% of things. But I don't think it is fine if he wants more money. I don't think it's fine. I don't think it's fine at all. I think $580,000, especially in this current climate where people are losing their jobs and there's over 600,000 Australians out of work, uh, who would normally be gamefully employed? I don't think it's. I don't think it's all that good, and I don't think it's that fair. Five hundred eighty grand is pretty darn good, right? Yeah. My other issue w- with with Bateman, and I might be a little bit naive here, but he's got a contract mm. till the end of twenty twenty one. Correct. Yep, that's the word. Why does yep. he need a new manager? He's so, he's locked, loaded, oh. and delivered. What? No, no. It's a legit I'm question. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not, Why I, does he I need a new manager? Why do you need a new manager when you? Have a contract in place until the end of 2021. Because what is a new manager going to do now? Because he wants more money. Okay, and great. When well, I said I'm fine with him wanting more money, it doesn't mean I'm agreeing that he should get it. If that's what he wants, that but he everything that comes with that, he's got to now shoulder. That's, yeah, look, that's the reality. Look, and, and the other side of it is he has to prove the shoulder before anything. I, I can't imagine a yeah. club with a bit of nous and a bit of knowledge about the particular injury that he's got, are likely to mm. say to him, we'll give you 750 and we'll sign today. I don't think, yeah. that, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the club will, will say, look, why don't we wait till you get back on the park, have a quick look, uh, get our doctors to check you out, give you the full once-over. We'll probably even get you an M- a couple of MRIs or whatever you need to do to, to really dot your I's and, and cross your T's before they offer any kind of money. I, look, I, again, I, I hope he makes a massive comeback and I hope he mm. kills it, you know, for his own sake. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, managers, managers for these players um, have got a lot to answer for about the current... Uh, the NRL's got some, some questions and, and um, mm-hmm. things as well, but this whole uh, empire building based on the 6% they're going to get... Um, it's it's not good for the game. I, I think the NRL needs to reel these managers in, uh, and and understand that there are a few managers out there that can bring a club to their knees, and will yep. so and uh, will do so, and and quite often play power games um, that uh, paint a paint a club into a corner. I'm not saying this particular manager has or hasn't done in the past, but there are that have. There are those who have. So. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm in agreement with you on a lot of that because I think you, you're, you're spot on about the timing. That's where it's tone deaf um, in the current situation, especially mm. when you hear that the NRL is going to cut X amount for their own oh. staff budget, all the rest of it. Absolutely. Clubs have let players have let staff go. That that's their life. Yeah, and it's it's over in a, in, a, in a flash. Yeah, um, and that's the bit that I, I just go Bateman. You've, you've earned the right to be in this discussion for the money you want. Mm. 
but you do have two years left. Yeah. And the way you've positioned two or three. it, that we're a third of the all way. All of through. a sudden, all of a sudden, it's now on Canberra that they haven't got anything for him in 2022. That's the bit that I I just thought wasn't. I didn't. I didn't think it was necessary. Whether it's true or not mm. is the irrelevant part. It's just that one is going to get a few Canberra fans and rugby league fans who were last night firmly in the Bateman camp. Mm. They're going to say, "Well, mate, it is about money. That's what you want." Of course it is. And, of course it is. Uh, you know, the line at the end also, as we finish it up on this, is that he goes, "So settle yourselves down." Well, Johnny boy, you stirred the hornet's nest up last night massively when you mm. had a crack at Hooper, which everyone loved. Apart from probably oh, Jimmy Hooper, but <laughs> he wouldn't have loved it. Um, but you can't have you having your cake and eat it too situation here. And I'm going to leave you with one last thing. Um, and I'm waiting for the Star Fires to pick this one up. But Boyd Cordner's knees, mate, they're no good. The cactus. Where? How do you know? I mean, Uncle. Have you Uncle been Nick, on the MRI mate, Uncle machine? Nick, Uncle Nick said. Uncle Nick said. He said that you know we budgeted out 24 games. We wouldn't have mm. Boyd for two because his knees. Yep. Uh, he might have said. Yep, yep, yep. He basically said we. But, you know, so if Boyd's not right in 12 months, Johnny Bateman to the Brewsters, man. I'm just saying, it could happen. Would you? Will you still be a, an unabashed Bateman fan if he goes to the Roosters? Well, he keeps playing like he has in the last 12 months, I will be, because he's just a gun. Mm. Like mm. it's... If he can leave it for the Premiership, I'd be happy with that. Look, um, who knows what's happening there with, with yeah. Cordner, but here's my last say I'm on stirring, it. I'm stirring that I know, but here's my last say on it. That, that the Raiders are under no obligation to have anything in the cap for anybody after their contract, their their contract that they're currently on is up. So yep. uh, for 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 John and his management to be, uh, you know, a little bit whiny about the Raiders don't have anything for me after 2022, well, we've still got two years to go to get there, mate. So, uh, you know, maybe start looking next year. That's what most people do is they start looking at the beginning of or the end of their, their second last year, so... Final two points. One is, back to your tone-deaf thing, Canberra have just had three players leave the club in the last week. Yeah. Max Murchie's gone to the Warriors for yes. a new opportunity. Yep. Luke Bateman has given time off rugby league. And JJ Collins has gone because he can't make men's meet if he's not playing football. Sure, sure. In the same club, the, the same day. I want my money. Anyway, the last one is, that club that James Hooper has linked John Bateman to, it's not the Roosters, in that very same article, and this is why I love this kind of writing, he's gone through saying, you know, Bateman's, agent's been ag- Bateman's agent has been agitating for a release from the final year of his contract in 2021 since last year. The Bulldogs are the favourites to win his signature, given they're one of the few clubs who will be cashed up and could offer the $800,000 a season Bateman's management team is chasing. That is where I don't have any respect for the way this article has been put together. Because if the Bulldogs aren't currently, they are ahead of the Roosters and any other club in the in the will link them to stage. Yeah, it's it's just well, if you want to stick by the story, go for it, Hooper. But don't put that one in there and just pretend that they're, oh, it's they're a rebuilding club. Though we have, everyone knows that that oh. they are they're saving a war chest to be spent on a on a new team. We don't know what that team is made up of yet. So they will link every kind of oh. marquee player with. The Bulldogs. You know how it works. It's, Boz, you've been I know how it works, but it doesn't mean I have to like it, Cocksmith. No, anyway, it let's get on to the next part of the show, which is the HMAS PVL as NRL. Uh, we're back to talk about the launch of the new season after the break here, not the footy show. Not the footy show. It's not really. That's, that's interesting you say PVL because that's Phil Gould's abbreviation for him. Yeah, that's enough. why I'm using it. Fair enough, too. Gus on Twitter. It's interesting. Um, I love Gus. Oh, it's good and terrible. 
Hold on. It is. It is. It's good and terrible. Are you getting off the good ship, Gus? Uh, maybe. I'm off our water. Okay, we're back. It's time to talk about the new season, which is, well, it's less than seven days away, Cocksmith. Uh, we're talking on Saturday night. Uh, the season starts on Thursday, round three. And we're back with a blockbuster, Brisbane versus Parramatta, followed by the Roosters and Souths. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, does it, Cocksmith, no. in front of nobody? Yep. Yep. Um, Brisbane, Brisbane. They got the, t- the TV. TV got their their two marquee games to open up the season, mate. Um, and I actually have found this last, it's three or four, it's about a month since we got announced it would be 28th. Yep. Something has slipped through the cracks. As much as it's great to see that Belandi's uh, NRL competition is going to launch, we got through the referee situation this afternoon. Mm. How the heck have we not heard more about this new TV deal? I have no idea, mate. I, I, you know, in the past, nearly everybody has known what uh, a, the current TV deal is worth for um, the NRL at any time, at any given time. It's a normally common knowledge. Um, maybe, maybe Mr. Volandis likes to do things a little bit more, you know, low key and uh, kept on the quiet. I don't know, but it's um, it's usually journo's who 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 bust it open and just tell you know it's worth a billion dollars over five years or, or whatever it may be worth. So, yep. um, yeah, I'm not too sure. What are you, what's your theory on that, mate? You don't have one. We saw one, we saw one article about it and then it's disappeared. Yeah. Um, but what we have seen, however, is that fabled control that the TV networks had for years and years and years that we heard about uh, once we get it back from Channel 9 and Fox Sports, we're going to do the draw we think we should be doing. Well, if a deal has been done and it involves these last couple of years of the current deal, which I think is one of the details in this whole announcement that sort of hasn't really permeated, you can bet your bottom dollar that Channel 9 and Fox Sports got full control back at Rugby League. Uh, you only have to look at the draw this year. Mm. We had 20 rounds. We had, we had 18 new rounds, all right? It has been unilaterally made for television, this draw. Now, you can argue, oh, there's no chance of fans until who knows when and all the rest of it. That's fine. But it has been made abundantly clear in the way that they've done their draw. And I bring back a comment that Volandi's made a month ago where he said, oh, you know, we can't do 24 weeks, but you know what we will do? We will make sure that everybody plays each other once at least, at least once towards the end of the year. Because that's the only way we can get up before we get a fair competition. Fantastic idea. But generally, to do that logic and precedent, which is however many thousands of years we had where we had a competition that played the first X amount of games, then you'd go and you're round-robin with those teams at the end of the year. We have a draw that is heavily and completely favoured towards blockbusters on TV. Uh, We have an example that I'll give you is that Melbourne will play Canberra this week in round three, and then they'll play each other again in round nine. Uh, and then Canberra will play the Roosters in round 10 and they'll play each other again in round 17. Now, yeah. I'm only saying that because I'm, as a Canberra fan, I looked at our draw. That's what yeah. I did. I yeah. haven't looked at every other draw and I'm sure, it, I'm sure it happens in the similar areas. But if we want to go on about how this is going to be the fairest draw I've ever had, well, it's already not because all the teams that you should be playing, which is the other 15 teams in the competition between round one and 15, that's not going to happen. So teams are going to have harder games doubled up or they're going to have easier games doubled up. We don't have an origin series where this becomes needing to make sure that we transfer games in the 
scheme mm. of things. It is really easy, but evidently too hard to accommodate that in the new draw. And this is probably the biggest point out of the draw that I just didn't understand. You want to satisfy TV, fantastic. You want to pay less for your rights, fantastic. Go for it. But you have opportunity to prove this whole, you know, shorter season's a better thing and you don't take that opportunity. I, I just, that is the thing out of this so-called TV deal that's happened yeah. that I just was like, yep, TV's got control again. Look, uh, from from the surface, and I haven't gone through um, the draw uh, in minute detail, but from the surface and bits and pieces that I've noticed where there's mm. a team a team playing another team in round six and then again in round nine, three weeks later, um, and that happens with at least one mob um, or, or a pair, um, it does seem that, that, that the TV has uh, the television... Uh, people have decided what the draw will be, and and in a way I understand it. It's 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 their product. They're paying for that product, so I get it. I do understand it. If they're going to pay uh, x amount of dollars, and if those dollar if that money value ticks the boxes of what uh, the NRL uh, power brokers think is fair, then I yep. guess TV has a fair uh, a fair voice in in how and what is to be shown. I think I, I do understand what you're saying though, because for a couple of years, at least the claim was uh, we own the game, we we plan the game, and they can take whatever. But I think mm-hmm. I, I I do think that the power went out of that argument when COVID nineteen hit, and uh, there was a lot of um, lot of you know like ducks on the surface of the water just gliding along, but lots of stuff going yes. on underneath the water. So yeah, I, I think. Um, it looks it looks to me and to you and I, I think we can both agree that that this 2020 draw um, the edited draw the one the you know the um, uh, the draw that has been just released is definitely designed for television from what I hear mm-hmm. uh, from bits and pieces uh, there will be no um, crowds uh, at the earliest round 14 yeah so that means 12... Doesn't surprise me. I, I look at the last three or four rounds, maybe, before they get that all sorted out. Round 14, you know, the, it sounds like in the next... The government have been saying, and this will be boring and age this podcast a bit, but I'll be very quick. It looks like in the next uh, three to four weeks, they're going to go to another level of... Um, uh, possibly another two levels of, uh, yep. of social distancing, which would then allow 500 people... Um, to at- attend an event. Now, you know, even with that, um, you know, the NRL have got special dispensation now, but I'll guarantee you that at least event every event where there's no crowd, there'll be at least 100 people. Um, so a crowd of 400 ain't going to help much. Um, no. Nah. Uh, you know, and so they're going to need to wait until they can, they can get, uh, you know, restrictions lifted for, for crowds like that. And the whole issue that they've got with all that is that the moment you introduce more people into the mix, you increase the chances, which is totally. the big reason they're playing is because they're saying we can control who's in the mix. Totally. So Totally. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. look, to, to, um, to, to your point with the TV, with the, with the draw, mate, I agree it's a little frustrating. It'll be definitely more frustrating for some teams than others. Um uh, you know, some people are already already uh, going on about it on social media that their team's got the uh, raw end of the deal, and uh, it's hard to argue with. Um, but at the very least, we're going to be playing rugby league again uh, as of next. Which Thursday. is the reasoning that PBL uh, gave to the referees when they blew up about changing 
the way that it was all being done. Um, yeah. There is the interesting element out of all this, which is the TV allocations that yep. has now happened and, and it has changed. And at the risk of saying like a Canberra Raiders podcast, <laughs> they were affected massively in this yeah. thing. They went from eight guaranteed TV games to three. And then oh, I mean, uh, the, the list is in front of me right now. Mm. If you want to see the Brisbane Broncos play, I know you've been denied this opportunity for many years. Uh, but they're on 15 of the uh, next 18 or it could be 20, actually, uh, 20 games that they're going to be on uh, free-to-air. Then mm. Parramatta with 13, Melbourne and Souths on 12, the Roosters on 11, Newcastle Knights 9, Cowboys and Panthers in 8, Dragons with 7, Manly and the Tigers with 6. Actually, I think unders for the Tigers. I'm really surprised they're only yeah. on 6 times. Mm. Uh, Canterbury with 4, Canberra and the Sharks with 3, and those Titanic teams, the Titans and the Warriors, get one each on Channel 9. Mm. Now, the reason that I have issues with this is I go, well, you know, you want to talk about how Channel 9 were so affected by, you know, we don't have a TV product, thus we're not paying all our money. Mm. Okay, that was that was their that was their reasoning. Hugh Marks was out there and he was really open. You know, it's not it's not making us money and we're going to be losing money if we're not getting the product we want. Yeah. Well what happens to all those club sponsorships that were predicated on the fact that you were going to have eight, for example, Canberra games on free air television this year. Yeah. So those sponsors now have the right, using the Channel Nine model, to say, well, we were going to be on eight times on free to air, now we're going to be on three. So Look, you should it, get whatever that percentage is. If I was a sponsor, you know, uh, I'd likely, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd probably cop it on the chin this year, but if you had a multi-year deal, uh, you yep. might be a little bit annoyed and ask for a, a better, sweeter price next year. I'm not sure. I'm sure there's some sponsors out there uh, that are struggling and, and they need the advertising uh, and they're budgeted for the advertising and they can be... Yeah, they can be paying three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year um, to get their their brand and their logo on TV. Uh, and if they thought it was going to be eight, ten times, and now it's going to be three, yeah, they'd be a bit peed off. I'd I'd suggest and the same token. It works on Channel Nine as well because if you're take, I, I can't think of something off the top of my head, but if there's a a, a major company that's based in Canberra, right, mm-hmm. who want to advertise on Channel Nine because they know there's going to be Canberra fans tuning in. Mm-hmm. Do they now pull their sponsorship with Channel oh, 9? Probably. Uh, if they were, you know, oh. and, yeah, yeah, I agree, mate. I agree. I think the best thing that the TV networks, uh, whether it be Channel 9, 7, 10, Fox or whoever, can, mm. can probably do for our economy is to stop their news readers talking crap all the time about how bad the economy is. You know, it's serious, mate, because that's what makes people nervous. They sit around watch the news yep. and they go, oh, you know, all of this, uh, you know, we're all going to be bankrupt in December. There's going to be a second wave and then people are like, oh, well, I better hold on to my cash. I'm not going to spend it. Yeah. And it affects everyone. And the most ironic thing about all of this, mate, is that the the news, uh, news programs uh, on TV are on an absolute spike up for people watching them. But the problem is that they can't get any advertisers to pay for their ad space because they're so negative. They're so negative mm-hmm. about everything that's going on in the world. They can't even be a little bit positive and give people a glimmer of hope, you know? And on that, uh, something that came up right after Christmas or when we had the bushfires, okay? Yeah. Do you know what went sky high during the bushfires? Website hits. Mm-hmm. Yep. News, news was, news was, it was, it was the bee's knees. Yeah, so they had, had this, they had, they had this unnatural way of putting it, uptick in their viewership. Yep. So they go to the sponsors and say, hey, look at this numbers. Yeah. And they're going to be using the fires and everything as a reason. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. and look, this is, this is going back to even just the Fox Sports thing that I was saying before. There is an underlying issue in the way that our game is reported because it's about the tangible things you can show the person up above you. 
Mm-hmm. What are you earning for the um, yeah? What's your for worth? our back pocket? Yeah, you know, and that's what it comes down to. That's what that is. That is one of the major benefits of a story like this Bateman one that we talked about before. Mm. It's it's nothing but clicks, nothing but readers, as Tony Kornheiser would often say. Yeah, and the issue that we have as as just rugby league fans, and you and I have followed this game for a long time, is that. There is a reason we look back at some of the great things in the past with rose-coloured glasses because we've had to sift through so much garbage that was going on at the same time to yeah. try and remember those things. It's funny how even as much of a negative as Super League was for the game at the time, yeah, there were some great things that happened during that time. Mm-hmm. I think, to me, the number one thing coming out of Super League is that we got arguably the greatest ending to a grand final ever in the year where the game was split. True. There's plenty that, of negatives within that. Yeah, yeah. But we get that magic of jo- the Joey Johns, which has already been great for a couple of years. But yeah, like there that is there the is things that come out of this area, and we don't have to as a game and as a news or whatever. You don't have to always be negative. There is gold in those hills. Oh, there really absolutely. is. Yeah. But if you treat your audience that in, in the one direction, which is you got to click it, oh, it revealed, explained. Um, exclusive. I mean, how good is exclusive? I mean, it's just the greatest word on the planet. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. You you don't have to treat your audience like idiots. No. And unfortunately, true. where we are, and this is this is one of the elements coming into the, this new season starting, and I'm really fascinated to see how this game is marketed because we are going to have some stuff on the field that is going to be a, a breath of fresh air after the last 10 weeks. Mm. But if the wrong teams lose and the wrong coach is under pressure. That becomes the story. Not that the game's back. Not that we're happy that the game is back. It's, oh, they've lost two games in a row. That's, that's, that's four losses in four weeks, four games. I mean, it's, it's yet, I don't know. There, there are going to be other stories that we can go to. There's going to be the great things happening on the field. I don't think we're going to lack anything from a, a visual standpoint of having no fans in the stands. Mm. Um, I think the game is, is tightly enough covered with the way that the game is recorded. Uh, or broadcast that it's not going to be that big of an issue. That the greatness is still yeah. going to be there. Yeah, I agree. Um, and you're going to obviously see it from from the sidelines. But I, I just really think that if anything, this should this this little period should have taught everyone is that you can be positive. Mm. The story of rugby league coming back still makes people excited. Yeah, people are going to be busting for rugby league. Absolutely. And I, I just hope. And I don't know. You listen to this podcast, but you can you can treat your audience with hey. How good is the rugby league's back? Rather than hey, oh, they might lose this week and then their grand final, their, their finals chances are over, and we're like in three rounds into the twenty round season. I just please, yeah. please pump the brakes, hundred percent, relax, enjoy it with that. Yeah, just be happy that it's back. I mean, think of how bad it was and crappy it was when you had to watch reruns with players who were in games commentating on them. I mean, hello. Uh, you know that I, I've sent you that message a few times. That's, that's one concept I just did not make any sense to me. I. Didn't I, know. I, I I, I just like couldn't it. watch it. Sorry. I didn't like it. I'm sure a lot of work went into those do, things, do you but know, they were just really Do you know hard what the interesting thing... Five seconds. There's an interesting thing that, you know, is on the cusp of happening this year. We've got a few teams that haven't won a game, right, so far. Two, at, uh, a zero mm-hmm. and two. What happens when a team, not so much the Roosters, but when a team... Uh, I like the Dragons. Uh, zero and two. Warriors. Warriors yeah. are the example. I'm sure you're gonna go to. Yeah. Yep. Zero and two. No crowds. They lose four on the trot. You reckon they're just gonna turn it up? Do you reckon they're just gonna go? You know, there's no crowds to even push them. Uh, you know, to get them across yep. the line. Um, it could end up being a very long year for a couple of clubs. Um, 
Yeah, and, and an interesting year it's, as well, given given the movements around both of those particular coaches, uh, Mr. Carney, Kearney, Kearney, and uh, Kearney, Kearney, and uh, Mary McGregor. Um, yeah. So yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Supercoach Seabold actually came out in the last 24 hours and has said that he's going to rotate his squad, mate. Because there's no mm-hmm. reserve grades. So we are in such a good position at two and zero. Yeah. yeah, we've won the competition already. Yeah. I'm going to rotate my squad and, and rest players. Yeah, I asked someone to send me through how they had the next four games. It is conceivable, extremely conceivable, that the Broncos are two and four after six weeks. Mm. Well, I hope so. <laughs> Rotation will not be part of the uh, Seabold vocabulary. <laughs> I can't no, say word. Once they start um, getting under a bit of pressure, he'll be going for the top thirteen every single week, no matter what. You've got, <laughs> I've got, you got a broken finger. Don't worry, tape it up. I've got a dislocated shoulder. Don't worry, tape it up. Uh, lovely. Uh, so round number one, it is Broncos Eels on Thursday, Cowboys Titans Friday night, uh, Roosters Rabbitohs Friday night, Warriors Dragons, Sharks Tigers Storm Raiders on Saturday, and Sunday in round three we have the Panthers Knights and Seagulls versus the Bulldogs. Uh, how the heck did the Storm and the Raiders not get the Sunday afternoon game? I don't know. Like you I, look I at the other matches and you're going. That would have made sense to TV, but I wonder how many viewers they actually get from Melbourne. Um, Good question. You know, like I know that uh, uh, historically they've always had a lot of rep players in that team, so they so they tend to kind of fit in wherever it is to, to watch that team, and people either watch them to win or they want them to lose. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it is strange. It is a strange one that one. I, I the TV bosses have got their ideas, and obviously they've had an influence. So. Uh, the other things that are interesting out of the draw quickly, uh, there's no Monday Night Football. We thought there'd be Monday Night Football. Yeah, I was it wrong. didn't happen. We were wrong. Yep. Um, com- collectively, I think there's a, there is a Monday Night Football game in two weeks, but the Monday Football game, but it's the Queen's birthday long weekend. That's, that's right. why it's happening. Correct, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Dragons and the Bulldogs. Uh, the other thing that didn't happen, uh, or did happen that no one's really noticed, is that Sunday Night Football is back in a big way, Cocksmith. Mm. Mm. For the next, the next 18 weeks, it's only... Or, it's happening 11 of the next 18 weeks, yep. Sunday Night Football, yep. which I actually think is a good thing and it's something that should definitely happen in a regular season. At least the first six weeks, if not the first eight weeks, should have Sunday Night Football I because agree. of the way that we have. So I've daylight saving. Sure. It's, it's a fantastic situation. And then heading into the finals, you should have it on, sun, on the Sunday Night Football. Yep. I just think it, it keeps interest going out a little bit longer and you can have some pretty dud two o'clock games sometimes on those Sundays. Sure. And you just wait itching for the four o'clock yep. to happen. But that's interesting that's come back. Yeah. Uh, Origin obviously has gone to November uh, across it's two weeks, but it's three weeks or whatever. Three weeks, uh, yeah. Three weekends. Let's just talk about Origin when we... Actually, this, I, I finally can avoid talking about Origin until like October. How good is that? Um, I've got my wish, mate. I've got my wish. Uh, just quietly in South Wales going for three in a row. Yeah, interesting. Um, and... The and Sorry? And they'll get it. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, and we will go to see what more things. We've got two more things to talk about on this episode. We have we'll have a time already. I'm killing myself. But these things happen. Uh, we're going to talk about Greg Inglis coming out of retirement to go to the UK. And we have to talk about the one referee decision and this six again optional penalty mm. restart. Yep. Whatever it is. I, if I have anything to say about before we go to the break, people, is that how ironic that the first rule change they make heading into the new season is six again rule. It's lovely. As a camera fan, uh, it's just delicious. <laughs> we'll be back after the break here on The Footy Show. Maybe we should put one more segment in too. If you want to pick your uh, origin forwards, Queensland and New South Wales. 
How about new? Okay, final segment here on the Footy Show. It's episode 212. Rob Cox over there, Warwick Nichols in here. And we have got through a lot so far, so we have to wrap things up because I don't like the pod going too long. Yep. Not because I don't like talking to you. I love no, talking no, to you. The fine, talking is good. I get it. I this, get an hour as, as, as Jerry and Elaine would say, this is very good. Mm, mm. But it's the bit afterwards. Yep. Um, basically, you get the option to go home and I have to stay uh, and edit the stupid thing. Uh, we have to talk about two things. Yep. Uh, let's start with the six again rule and the one referee. Oh. I understand the one referee thing. Yep. That I'm okay with. Yep. Sweet. Get from two to one. We have no dramas with that. Sure. But the six again optional non-penalty call where a referee is able to say, no, I'm not going to hold up play and call a penalty and get everyone back on side yeah. and waste 20 to 22 seconds, which is the number that was given. I'm going to have the option to say six more tackles. Yep. Play on. In theory, it's not bad. But my big question is, we've gone back to one ref, so that's one set of eyes now looking, okay, which could be a good thing Mm. because at least the decision might be consistent. But instead of empowering the referee to send someone to the sin bin because they deem it to be deliberate and a professional foul, a referee now has to go through the process of deciding, is it a penalty or is it six again? First. Then, if they decide that it's six again, at what stage does the indiscretion have to be worse or how much worse it have to be to be a penalty? And then if I've decided that after a couple of times, how many more times has it had to happen before I can then send the player to the sim bit? Yeah. Okay. That's some good questions. That's where my mindset went straight yeah. away with all this. Yeah. Good questions. Um, then you've got all that, but now you've got the situation where currently entering this season and last season, well, that season before the last three years, Teams don't care about giving away penalties in their own line. They don't. They don't. They don't. Doesn't fuss them at all. They'll give away two points if they want. I don't care. They'll just take time off the clock. They'll reset the line back their defence. So now the two points potentially is off the table because the referee still has to make a decision between is it six again or is it a penalty. That's only if it's a penalty can they then go for the goal. So while they've empowered, they've gone to a real strength in NRL to say we've empowered referees to to get harsh. Sure. Have they not just made it harder for them to get harsh because they've added so many more things in the process where technically if they just empowered them with the two referees the last couple of years and had one referee basically sitting there going, if this guy does it twice, he's down to the bin. Like my head is exploding on this because Mm. I'm going, they've actually made it harder for referee to send someone to the sin bin. Yet they've claimed they've made it easier to police the ruck. Am I wrong? Am I missing something? Look, What's going on? I think you've got a good point. I think you've got a really good point. Um, because like you just mentioned, um, I think, I think what people want to see, and I'm speaking for myself and Mm. my inner circle, my, my circle of trust people. I think what we want to see is we want to see, sorry, no, no, you're not, you're on, (laughs) see, here's the circle, you're out. Um, no, I think what we, I think what we all want to see is consistency and we want to see the referees make a decision and, 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 and deter the players from doing that. And that is laying in the ruck, holding down, hand on the ball, uh, raking at the ball, uh, not releasing legs, all that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, the, the referee's job, I've said it before, I'll say it again, it's the hardest job in rugby league. It is, it is them and the CEOs have the hardest jobs, including the CEO of the, the NRL. Yep. And I'll tell you why. It's because 
you just can't please everyone. You're always going to have 50% of the people annoyed at you when you finish a game because they think they get ripped off. But yep. I just don't know if what the NRL have done here is helping the situation. And I'll tell you why, and, and I don't know if you mentioned this, but this six again thing is a discretionary thing. And I think people hate the discretionary thing. It needs to be black and white, okay? And the black and white of it, and I know that nearly every decision is discretionary because you look at it with your own eyes and you've got your own yeah. opinions going on, your own narrative going on in your head. But what I would love to see, I'd love to see that if a team in their own 20 metres, their own red zone, tackle and, and get penalised once, you're on, you're, you now are on a high alert. If you get penalised again the next set, whoever does it is going. And mm. I think that that would stop it. And I think that if they did that consistently and sent players... Go and have a rest. Even if it's only for five, they had the opportunity to bring the five back here, but they didn't. The five yeah. in the bin, I mean, the five minutes in that the bin. That would have been bin. easy. That, that would have been... They wanted to solve the ruck. That could have been the easiest thing they did. Yeah. But the six again... About the five. The six again is discretionary. And are we going to see the six again with a minute left to play when the scores are 14-12 and the team that are 12... Um, make a couple of sorry the team that are 14 make a couple of hold downs or whatever in the ruck are we going to see this it's like do we see an offside in a golden point we never see offsides in golden point going for a field goal no never so, so these discretionary things I don't think it helps the referees I want to do whatever we can to help the referees mm -hmm. and take the pressure off them and I think that the NRL are trying to do that too but I just don't know if this six again thing takes the pressure off them I think a, a, a line in the sand, a, a mandatory, a mandate saying if a team get two penalties in a row in their own 20, whoever does it the second time goes. That's There's a simple mandate. And if you empower the referees with mandate saying the second one, no matter what, no matter what, if it's a professional foul, um, the, second pen the pe second penalty in a row, gone. But they won't here's do my, it. Can, they won't why do why it. does it have to be the second? Why does it have to, because your point before about it's the last minute of the game. Yep. All right. You're saying, well, what constitutes six again versus a penalty? Yep. So a player who would and you've seen it and we know we see it all the time. There is no interest in getting out of the ruck. It's all about I'll stay here as long as it is until you call the penalty. Yeah. It's not will you call the penalty? Yeah. It's as until you do call the penalty. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, okay, you, you want to say, if you really are empowering the referees, another thing that they did go to pains to say is, oh, there'll be no more warnings. I guarantee you the first week, player will get sent to the Symbian, boy, you didn't give us a warning. That'll be the first thing that the captain will say because mm. they'll think that, you know, well, even if they know or well, not, that's what I'd say if I was a captain. He's like, you've changed the rules on us. What's going on? Well, yeah. I just want to see the referee go, you're gone. That's deliberate. Off you go. Yeah. And I don't care if... They're doing it six again. They're doing. They they can just decide that any time they like. But if they see a player deliberately doing what they're trying to clean up, mm. off you go for ten. Yeah, I, mate. I, they I have I, to have that. They have to have that given empowered to them, as you're saying. Yeah. I don't care if it's the first time, the fifth time. Mm. They need to be able to do it if they deem that the player is professionally failing. If mm. they if they have that mandate, this will work a treat. But the problem is with two referees for the last five. 10 years, whatever we've had, that has not been the mandate. And the, ref the NRL has been too scared to give them that because they're worried about the game getting told, oh, you're just too strict. They, they went, was it three years ago, two years ago? They, they really cracked down. Two. And within six weeks, the papers, oh, you can't do this. All the coaches ring up the papers, can you just get in the blower and, hmm. you know. 
ease this out of the game. I, I, if PVL I, wants to really set this new boat on some great trail, hmm. he has to say to the referees, don't be afraid. Oh, I, I, I agree. You've got to give the referee the power, you know, and it's but but not only have you got to give him the power and grant him the power, you have to force him to use the power. And if they don't, that's when the referees should be under pressure is when they're not following the mandate of the, the mm. game. And, and the mandate of the game isn't to blow for 50 penalties in a game. Just start sin binning. If you start sin binning, they will stop. 100%. Absolutely. They'll stop. And don't, don't stop sin binning either. If they keep doing it, you're off. You're off until they get to six players and the game's Along finished. those lines, I mean, which you've nailed, if they want to get rid of the spear tackle, they want to get rid of high tackles, suspend them. Totally. Don't just give them fines. Don't just say, yeah. oh, you know, you're off because it, if you want to get rid of it, deny the coach as the player. Yeah. That is the key. It's not the financial. I don't care. I, every time I hear that, I laugh my head off. Yeah. The financial. If a player cares, it's financial. It does nothing to them. No. They'll play the next week. $1,500 fine. $1,500 fine for a trip. Remember what trips used to get in the 70s and 80s? First, I was watching uh, Steelers versus Seagulls from 92. It was on Fox the other day, mm. which they've actually interested in selling some pretty good old stuff, which is great. Um, and uh, Brent Todd got sent, in, sent off in the first three minutes. I remember that. I remember that. He just, this is like, this is his second game for the, the Seagulls. This mm. is the year that um, Wally Lewis, second year Wally Lewis was there. He got all these players in through the draft and a few other things and had really built this team. Dal Shearer was there, and he got sent off in the first three minutes. Uh, commentators, interesting enough, had already said they got to, to make the finals. They have to win this game. It was round three, which I thought was hilarious. But anyway, <laughs> get sent off. No dramas. Eddie Ward, off you go. About half an hour later, um, Peter Gill tackled Les Morrissey. Remember Les Morrissey? Yeah. Second row for the Steelers. Yep. And anyway, he tackled him after he knocked on. The classic one. The guy knocked on, and he came in, tackled him. Didn't it? Actually, was it was pretty innocuous. Yeah. And Les Morrissey's turned around and just gone boom with his head, head straight in the melon. Down goes, down goes Peter Gill. Touchy sh- from the other side of the field. You see his flag yeah. go up. He's, he's on there. on. Penalty. That was the only, not a sin in, not a warning, just a penalty. So you're gone, a headbutt, you're on, you're sweet. Headbutt, and the player who'd done the high tackle, which was not a good high tackle, had been sent off. Already, so it's a perfect opportunity for the old square up, mm. and it happened right. Oh, anyway, yeah. so no, they, they, to know they, what you're saying, yeah, they've got the option. They just need to go through it. Yeah, hopefully they do. I, I just don't want to see the, the 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 pressure get to the referees with this decision making of the six again. I, I really hope, and I don't know because you know you don't know a few things until the game starts again. But I really hope that they are free flowing with their six agains. Yeah. They they call it, and I hope that they stick with it. Um, because it's not a penalty. It's it's merely a six again. And if the journos don't like it, well, there's stiff cheddar. Who cares what the journos like? You know? Something came to me just then. All right. We're talking about sin bin, whether it'll be used. At the moment, a player is sent to the sin bin. If there's a penalty given away for being offside, all right, or in the play of ball in the ruck, all right, yep. and a player runs up, takes a quick tap. Yeah. Oh, and then and they, that interfere. Player, they interfere. They interfere. They are gone. Yeah. You, it has now become a. It's a thing that for some reason yeah. they've decided this is the one professional foul. If a, okay, referee calls six again and you make the tackle. Are you sin min? Uh, I think so. I think you will be. Yep, I do think you will be. 
You don't think it'll only be for a penalty? Oh, th- no. This is the grey areas. No. This is this is what I'm worried about. I, think I just came to my mind then, but I think that professional foul, intentional, um, you know, messing with play when you're offside or when uh, I, I think that'll still be a, a temp, a little trip to the bin. And uh, I, I hope that, I hope it is. I mean, I mate, look, that'll I, be the tester. I've even got I've, I've, the reason why, in my mind, and from what I've seen, the reason why referees get a little bit flustered and whatnot is because quite often they've got players in their face, you know, mm. questioning what the, and even if it's not the captain and uh, I, I, you know, I don't know if it's, I don't know if refereeing is a popularity contest or what it is, but I'd like to see referees go back to the, the, the dark old days of when Greg Hartley was around. He, he didn't care about if he was popular or not. You're off. Just get off, get out of my face. Go away. You're off. Stop questioning me in that manner. Talk to me like I'm a human or you'll go. And, and, I think, um, and talk to me at appropriate times. I mean, there's a few captains out there that are uh, absolute, unbelievable experts experts at it, of wanting to talk to the referee when it suits them, not the other way around. And they've got to understand that the you know the referees are, you know, they've. I don't know if there's any more pressure on any person on a football field than the, the referees. And I, I just hope that the NRL have given them guidelines around this six again, that doesn't make them start to think more than they have to. You know, it should be free-flowing. That, that goes back to my original point. What concerns me is by creating the discussion re-option here, you've created a barrier between that, potentially, a mental barrier where he's, he's got to make that decision. Yep. Is it a penalty? Is it six again? Mm. And Simeon's not in the mindset. Mm. That's the bit that has worried me a little bit. But if, if they empower him and they start using it and the players get the message... Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, let's let's have it all for it. Well, we will know. Uh, we have to, we will know this time next week, or maybe a couple of days later. In about eight or nine days, we'll know, mate. The litmus test would be if Cameron Smith is the first one. <laughs> he gives away a penalty in the ruck, and then he makes a tackle on a six again. He'll go. If he gets binned, I am I am confident this can work. If it, if he doesn't, then. Good luck. Well, see, I, I don't know if he's going to have a chance to make a tackle at the six to go because the six to go will just go, you know, okay, he does a, an indiscretion in, in the ruck. Uh, referee waves six to go. Um, so he can't really – how can you make it? You can't – I don't think you can. It's not a penalty. But if you're off – no, but if you're, off, if you're not lined up at marker, yeah. so you lay in and play the ball yeah. and you give away that six again yeah. and then you make the tackle. As long as you get up in your marker – if not, well, then no, but if you don't get, that's what I'm saying. That's the issue that I was saying before onside. in regards to. If you never get onside, you're you're offside a professional foul. Cool your heels for, for ten minutes. You know, we'll see. Let's see. Let's see if it happens. Yep. Um, speaking of cooling their heels, uh, Gi he uh, left the game at the start of last year, yep. citing that he physically could no longer perform to the level that he wanted to, and we all know the level of Gi is pretty high, and it Damn was right. for a long time. Yep. Um, one of the greatest. Uh, utility backs is a harsh way of putting it, but he could play so many positions so well. Absolutely. Uh, fullback was his position, but in origin at centre, there's few origin centres that played better than him. For, it's for funny you say that. You say that, that fullback was his position, except when it comes to a lot of legends naming their best Queensland side of all time, it's nearly always at, at centre, at left centre. Um so I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I, I tend to pick him as, as a center. Um, maybe he preferred to play fullback. Um, I, he's, his best, he's, he had a couple of best, his best years as playing fullback at South, um, where he was, he was the guy. 
Um, but I'm with you. Like that's just, he, could, he was awesome yep. on the wing when he started, yep. and when he got to Origin, firstly he was on the wing, and yep. what a he even had a year. At, wing. He even had a year at five eight. At, um, at he Melbourne. did. That's the and year that he made Jamie Soward um, look very very silly, and, and he was pretty good. One game. He, damn right, he was big body. Well, he won a, he won a Clive Churchill Medal at five eight, didn't he? That's right. Yeah. So he did. Uh, but anyway, GI he retired, and um, there was a lot of uh, discussion around the ability for South to not pay the full money that he was being owed, and the long and the short of it is, everybody, is that there was an agreement made that he would then stay on with the club in a development role for less money, forego the money. South have the room in the salary cap. Yeah. Revealed last week that he is coming out of retirement to go to the UK next year for the Warrington Wolves uh, on a one-year deal. Potentially, it could be longer. Mm. And I really hope it is because I love watching the guy play. And if he's got the desire and the drive back, then actually going to England is probably the best thing for him. Yeah. Um, Fans have blown up because people who have this misconception that he was under a medical retirement, a la Sam Burgess. Um, let's say about that one, the better. But uh, the GI decision, um, you think it's just mainly he just really wanted to play again? Because he, he did he did go to pains to say that in an interview, interview with Channel 9 that you know, he misses being around the boys and um, that's one of the big driving factors for him is that he wants to, to get back and play footy again as, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm glad to see him back, whatever the reason is. Look, I, I uh, yeah, an absolute legend of the game. Did did uh, did plenty for um, his uh, connection with the indigenous culture as well. Yeah, um, you know, proud indigenous man. Um, I, yeah, I, I'd say he would have missed the game. I'd say that he missed the game from a uh, camaraderie point of view, and it's very different to. Uh, being in a team as a player uh, and then being on the outside as an advisor or a coach. Um, I'd say that it's for the money as well. Um, I can't imagine it's not for the money. Um, He's going to have to train long and hard. Um, You know, the the Super League is is well known as possibly being a notch below most of the time. Uh, The NRLs, Mm. um, you know, sometimes one and a half notches below. So he may not have to train as hard as he would or have the... uh, um, put his body through the duress that he would if he was playing NRL again. So, therefore, it's probably an attractive option to go and make some money in the Super League. Um, I, look, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not privy to his uh, to his bank balance details, but I'd suggest that it, it has to be for money. To go over there and do that, I, I'd say that, mm-hmm. you know, he wants to top up his bank account and, uh, and fair play to him. He's still probably, you know, got some great talent. Three thirty four, I think. He'll kill it over there. He really he will. will. He'll kill it. I mean, you know, he's still going to be fast, and he's he's still going to be strong. And that fend he's going to be strong. Yeah, <laughs> that fend will be uh, you know working overtime over there. They won't know what hit them with that fend. He's got arms that are six foot long, and he's playing alongside Gareth Widdop. Yep, and Blake Austin. Yep, yep. No, he'll be he'll be yeah. he'll go well. And I hope he, I hope his body like I hope he gets through it, um, and uh, hope he has a great time. You know, like I mean, that's, I like the fact that it's next year. He's not trying to. I know that there's there's doubts whether we'll actually see the UK Super League get up again this year. They're they're close to announcing something. Yeah. But he's given himself six months to get ready. Yeah. Which I think is a great decision yeah, on his part. Yeah. Um, because we know that his body has betrayed him at different times through his career. Yeah. And I, I said I I I wouldn't be surprised. This is more than one year. If he has a good first year, he'll go around again. Yeah. That's my gut feel. I hope so. 
hope so. I can't wait to see the highlights from from yeah. You know, when, oh, he'll, he some of that stuff will be fantastic. fantastic um, to yeah. see. So, GI, good luck in the UK. Mm. As I don't disagree with you. It's probably about the money as well, mate. That has been episode two hundred and twelve, not the footy show. We have just managed to get through yeah. an hour. Yeah, we've done all right. Pretty we've good. Done all right. Um, no, 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 I did have a bit of an issue halfway through the show. Everybody, I do apologise. Uh, we record this on Zoom and um, just slip in mind to, to split the screen view. So when you're watching us on YouTube, you might see me very, very small in the first half of the show, then back to normal. Mm. Um, but that's probably a good thing. So people will be doing handstands over that. The alternative is though, you get a big cocksmith head straight how good. in front of you how the good. whole time. I oh. mean, how is that coffee, mate? Is that fourth coffee gone down well? Yeah. What is it? It's 10 p.m. and it feels like it's 9 a.m. I'm, I'm <laughs> nice. ready to rock. Uh, we will speak to you again, maybe even this week. We may try and actually catch up after uh, the first game. If there's any differences, anything that stands out, and if we get anything from this six again rule that is worth discussing, we may jump on. Hmm. Uh, you can follow me at an old tweet. Coxsmith is at Rob Cox R O B B C O X on Twitter and on Instagram. Hmm. Uh, you probably want to give a shout out to this guy because I know you're a big fan of what he does. But the NRL roast, mate, what's your, <laughs> uh, you're going to you're going to give him some love. I did see something this week that I did find yeah, hilarious, I, but I love his feed, the NRL roast on uh, on Instagram. I think he's uh, yep. he's a very funny dude. I don't I don't know who he is. Uh, I believe he lives in Western New South Wales. Um, uh, is that your understanding as well? I think he lives in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's in the sticks. It's parks or something like that? Yeah. Something like uh, that. I think he's a spaceman, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think... Uh, There's a country rugby league reference for you. <laughs> I, think, I think he's got the best rugby league feed uh, on Instagram uh, of all of them. The best NRL feed. Um, I think he's witty. He's got a lot of players following him and they comment. Yeah, they, he does. They rib each other all the time. And um, No, I dig it. I dig it. You should... You know, if you don't follow him, you should because... Um, He's got some very, very funny stuff. Some of it's a little bit blue, but oh, yeah. for my liking, I'm not going to make my nephew follow it, I'll be honest. But yeah, he probably um, already does. <laughs> I will say this, though. He does some really good stuff. Yeah. Look, content creators, good luck to you. And uh, it's interesting to see how much has popped up during this, uh, this 10 weeks of isolation in totally. a lot of areas. And yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping just for the sake of, of pushing the rugby league brand around, let it go, NRL. Let oh, it just yeah. happen. Let, let them let them just do some stuff because yeah. the players love it, yeah. and your players are your biggest advocates. And yeah. if they're enjoying it, and obviously if it crosses the line, I get it. But you know, there's a lot of things. And my final point on this will be: um, when it comes to vision, be lax because you're going to really get into that US market in the next two oh, yeah. or three weeks. Yeah, yeah. And if you if, you, if you're playing favourites with that, yeah. the fans are going to. I'm just being honest. They will turn on you because mm. they want to see this stuff overseas. And if you want to let the house highlights and all these places use it, it's, that's fantastic. Mm. All right? Mm. But don't turn around and, and squash the little guys who are actually doing a pretty good job out I, here. I, think as, long, I think as long as it's not derogatory um, and, and painting the game in a bad light, mm. uh, I think they should let it go. I think it's great. I think it, let them be creative. Let them... You know, let them have a laugh. Let people get involved. Let people comment. Um, again, as long as it's not derogatory or, or salacious, too too salacious. I think uh, you know. I think it's I think it's good for the game. It gets people talking about it. It gets. Not everyone likes the the um, the sanitized version of what they're fed by you know um, organ sports organizations uh, as as a as reliable as reliable and as um, 
uh, you know, good a, good a product they put out, um, I still think there's room for a different opinion, if you know what I mean, or a dip, not a different opinion, but a different view on things, and maybe a, a little bit. We all look at things differently, you know. And um, yeah, we do. And I and I think uh, yeah, maybe for some people, what he's doing at the NRI it may, may not be what their cup of tea. But you've always got the opportunity to unfollow or or not you know, not look at somebody's stuff. No one's forcing you. So, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm really digging. I'm really digging what he's doing. So good on him. You know? And if anything, this this period's underlined is that there is a lot of gold in those hills. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the issue that we have, and I even go back to when I was there, look, there's only so many hours in a day. So there's only so much you can do if you've got the keys to the castle, so to speak. And that goes for clubs, it goes for media organizations and the rest of it. Yeah you don't have to squash the other people. No. Um, I'm just saying that. And I understand there are there are certain rights involved, but there's also things that have been completely and utterly looked the other way oh, when sure. it comes to certain things. So sure. just have a bit of perspective, I guess, is what we're ending up this show. It's episode sure. 212. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash general podcast. Mm. Uh, YouTube, we're at W Nicholson. Uh, and we will have some more, not the footy show for you after a couple of weeks off. We yeah. are going to get back into it. We'll see how the uh, stars align in regards to whether I can be bothered driving to Camden or not. Oh, well, um, the roast pork won't get you nothing, Will, mate, so, yeah. I can roast, make roast pork on my own barbecue. I just can't put it in the oven because the oven don't work. True. <sighs> anyway, I've been Warwick Nicholson. Rob That's Cox. Been, Rob Cox. And we'll speak to you next time on Not The Footy Show. See yeah. everyone. Cool, buddy. Peps, yeah. It's people's escape. It's people's relaxation. And we need to do everything in order to continue that great... A tradition of not the British show. Pepsi.